You know, I, I hated my family at this point. I blocked them off, off everything for two years. I, I ran away, I moved out. A major influencer shouted us out on the good gun. Three days, we turned over over 100 grand a man. My business partner ran up to me, he's like, Are you, like, can you believe this? And I was like, I don't care, I don't care. Over the past few years, my life has completely changed. I've built one of Australia's most successful e-commerce startups, Happy Skin Co., generating over 10 million per year in sales and disrupting a billion dollar industry in the process. I've now turned my passion for growth and personal development to bring you these honest and eye-opening conversations. This isn't just a business podcast. This is about the person underneath. This is about the journey. This is what it's really like. I'll be interviewing guests from all walks of life, each with their own unique perspectives and experiences, from the hardest day of their life to the biggest accomplishments and everything in between. My name is Dylan Mullen, and this is Life, Money, and Love. All right, cool. Here we are. Finally, the episode one of Life, Money, and Love. Uh, how long have we been talking about this? I've been telling you I'm going to get you on the pod for like a year, probably mm. more. Mm. Um, so first episode, it's the big one. It's the one and only Brenton Parks. So... Here we go. Actor, entrepreneur, DJ, model, influencer. Where does it end? I don't know. But most importantly, new dad. Mm, new to dad. the uh, beautiful baby boy, Luca. How old now? Two, three weeks? Or? Literally three weeks today. Three weeks old, happy three weeks. Yes, Luca. yes. I'll uh, let him know. How is, it? <laughs> how is it being a new dad, honestly, though? Dude, it's crazy. Like, it's funny. Like, I'm 26 years old now and I was thinking about it this morning. I was mm. like, by 26, I feel like we've felt most things. I know mm-hmm. it sounds like a bit lame yeah. or maybe, you know, cocky, but like I feel like 26, you've you've been heartbroken. You've felt mm. loved. You've yeah. felt adrenaline. Like you felt all these things, but like to to feel something for something that you've created, yeah. you've birthed into this world. Like he's laying on my chest. I'm just staring at him for like 40 minutes, looking at his eyebrow twitch. And I'm like, you're fascinating. To have this Dude. new feeling, it's yeah. like – I don't know if that makes sense. I just, I love it, man. I can't believe it, man. And like, that's what, that's what everyone says. And like, I'm sure you can attest to it actually having a kid. Like we've had businesses and relationships and stuff. And like, you feel like you learn a lot and you feel like a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. Mm. And then like, once you have a kid, like I'm sure none of that really matters compared to like the list of priorities when you have a wife and, and a little baby boy. So yeah, that's mental. Yeah. I, that's a good way to put it, man. It's like, it's almost like, yeah, not that, you know, nothing matters, but like, it mm. is kind of that like. You know, you, you lose work, you gain work. Like it's it's fun, but it's yeah. like, no, nah, this is this is real. This is like this is really important. So well, on that, like, I want to get into all the business stuff. Like you've had obviously a lot of business ventures um, over the years, but before that, I want to go back a little bit um, and just so when we started, when we were acting together, we were what, like you're like 16, 17, really young, yeah, yeah. and you already finished school. Yep. At that point, so what first thing I want to like go back and just set the scene a little bit. Like I want to know for you, what was the school experience like? I was disgusting, man. Yep. I hated school. Like, you know, I, I got bullied so bad that I was actually jumping around schools. And I look at that, it was like, mm. oh, should I have just, I don't know, stood up for myself? Should yep. I have said, nah, I'll get new friends? But honestly, it was it was so bad that like, you know, I was at this school in the city at one point and, you know, these older boys would like pick on me. And I was like a cute, like little Justin Bieber. Were you big Bieber. as well? No, nah, I was tiny. Had this really? little fringe. I was like... I was just cute and I wasn't even a smart ass. Like they yeah. just like, they'd, they'd take my bag, chuck it on the train tracks. They, I got stabbed in science one time just for stabbed. like, yeah, just for like, just for nothing, man. And it's mm. like, nah, how can you get stabbed for nothing? Like, bro, like some of these schools, which I'm not going to name, but like, yeah. it was crazy, man. Like, so it was just terrible, like getting like tied up to, um, you know, poles and stuff. So got to the point where I'm like, I'm sick of this. I'm, I'm not, I'm not smart in a sense of like, mm you know, book knowledge or anything like I just, I just want to get out of here and find some sort of passion, find some sort of purpose outside of school. And and did you know like from a young age that you wanted to do acting or was that kind of the first escape that you saw to take you out of this 
yeah. reality. How was it? Yeah, it's a bit of an escape, man. It's probably a good point. Like I used to love movies and love, you mm. know, getting taken out of this, this, yeah, just this young world that I was in. And I, I remember I went on this boat this one time and there was mm. this dude that came up to me. He's like, have you ever thought about acting? And I was like, nope. It's like, <laughs> you wanna, so to this dude, like I met him and he took me for an audition and yeah. um, it went pretty well, man. And I ended up getting signed by this agent and I didn't get the job, but yeah. I got, you know, this, I guess this pathway to mm. where I am now with, with acting and everything. Cause so. you've always had that like surfer kind of home and away look. I remember even when we started, when you were like, Straight away, everyone's like, oh, this is Brent. Like, he's made for Home and Away, which you have, you know, big, big role of the yeah, yeah. big, big starring role of the security guard. On <laughs> way. Um, but, you know, you know, the classic thing of like, I've been reflecting a lot of myself, trying to just understand myself and how I developed the mindset I have and how I've become how I am today. And a lot of people say, and I'm sure you've heard, like, your childhood years and then your adolescent years are so important into who you become and like the sense of self that you develop Obviously at the, at the stage when you're at school and you're getting bullied, you're not really thinking of that consciously because how are you in the middle of it? But thinking back, have you thought about how that's kind of shaped you or influenced you to, to be how you are today? Have you made any, yeah, have you connected anything like that? Have you had a thought, think about it? I think so, man. Like, of course it makes you more resilient to, um, mm. you know, getting beaten down in the world. Like it's not like you're not in school getting shoved into lockers, but you're in the mm. big bad world where, you know, you can make mistakes or, or do wrong or there mm. are like, you know, it's even though it's not school, there are bullies in the workplace and, um, mm. you know, people that um, with tall poppy syndrome trying to, trying to bring you down. Mm. I'm sure you've experienced that yeah, with business. Sure. But um, I think just like, I think for me knowing that I've experienced my lows, like yeah. got to a point where I was, um, I remember at this one point, I think I was in year nine, just mm. eating, eating my lunch on the school, on the toilet, man, like literally locking in a cu cubicle knowing that like I don't have any friends, I don't have any friend groups. Like I just want to get out of this man, just having bad thoughts and like just eating my lunch. I'm like, this this sucks. Mm. And, you know, it's, it sounds sad to experience at such a young age, but like I know, um, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people that um, mm. experience that man, like a lot of the school bullying. So knowing that I've been through that and I've been at, um, I've experienced some lows, um, it's kind of all up from here, man. Like, and, it, you know? and it's not like what you'd expect, like looking anyone looking at you now, tall, dark, handsome, funny. <laughs> You'd think like this kid's had it easy, would have been the most popular guy in school, had all the friends, but it's not always like that. And it's like, I'm sure, like I always think of bullying. I, I was like, if, look at me, I'm the, I'm the opposite. I'm white skin, freckles, like red hair. You would have thought I was bullied a lot at school. I, I copped a little bit like anyone did, but not, not mm. real true bullying. But the one thing that I just can't believe is like how cruel kids can be. And for me, it comes back on like, I mean, I don't want to point fingers on anyone, but the parents, like how bad, like, now that you've had Luke, I know he's only literally just fresh out the womb, but I couldn't imagine how any parent or like how I would ever allow my kid to become a bully. Like that would be the worst thing in the world. Have you like thought about that? Like what the role parents should have in, in, in stopping their children from being bullies? Because I know when on the other end and it's like, you're the, the parent of the bully. Sometimes like you're at your, like you're at your wit's end and, and there's nothing else you can do. So I just want to see like, what your experience was with that, if you've thought about that or anything like. For sure, man. Like, you know, you kind of, you, you never want to repeat the past and, mm. and for the people that you love, you never want anyone to go through what you've been through. So I mm. think there is that now as a young parent, like you have that, even though he's what, three weeks old, he doesn't mm. even know what, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> love or school or any <laughs> yeah. of the worldly things are. Like you do have that, like, man, I don't want him to be bullied. I don't want him mm. to be a bully. And, and to be honest, man, I didn't know this at the time, but you look back at the people that, um, 
I look back at the people that were bullying me and, and they were going through their own stuff at, at home, you know. Their parents were doing this or, or going through this or like they had their own issues that they were taking out on the kids at school. So, yeah. um, you know, forgive and forget, man, but you just got to be careful of like your home environment. You want your kids to grow up in mm. such a healthy environment like that. They have no need to put anyone yeah. else down. That's the thing as well. Like I feel like one of the most important things is like – raising your, your your child in like an environment where they feel loved and supported and encouraged from home. So at least if they are not having the best experience at school, they do know what that love and support feels like. Mm. So I just think like, I don't know, I know a lot of people, like a lot of friends I have that probably their parents didn't show them enough love, whether they were like from old school European families or whatever it may be. And like growing up without that love and nurture, I really think it can it can have a really negative effect for me. I, I grew up with my, my mom and my grandparents. I lived with my mom and my grandparents until I was like five years old. I was like fell asleep on my granddad's lap every night. I had the best upbringing ever, like the best five years of my life was like the first five years. Like no matter what I do with business or success or if you do acting again or podcasting, whatever it is, like nothing will be more special to me than those first five years of my life. And I look back at like what made me me and I'm far from perfect. And I've had a lot of issues and things that I've wanted to develop and improve on by myself. But one of the things I've been very lucky to have naturally in spite of you know outside appearances you may not think I, I would have but I've always had a lot of self-belief and self-confidence maybe through my high school years it would you know manifest at times as a little bit of arrogance or cockiness never to put people down but just I had that little bit of like a chip on my shoulder like oh I'm gonna come first in this exam everyone watch like oh yeah yeah talk it up and then I would keep doing it which like kind of reinforced that for me but the point is like I think I was so lucky to have that and I don't I don't know is it genetics or what but I Thinking back over the last couple of years trying to understand myself, I think one of the main reasons why was because when I was growing in that, you know, five, zero to five period and then even throughout my my later childhood years, I just had so much love and so much positivity around me and I was never told I couldn't achieve anything. So I know I just think it was so important for me and like probably like it's it's such an important thing that to give that to to, to people around you, I don't know. Yeah. it's huge man i mean that's why they say show me your friends i'll, sh I'll show you future like to mm. your environment man your upbringing your, your family like all these things play a mm. huge part and obviously you know it's not new new news but um it's something like i feel like we forget that every day and yeah. you should appreciate um yeah your upbringing if you, you went through that stuff man it's yeah. beautiful 100 percent. and like it i feel like it's a big thing and I, and I don't i'm kind of caught between two like the two, the, like the two sides of the, the, the story for this or whatever, like there's that side that it's really important what happened in your childhood and it can, but also I don't want, and, and I don't think people should let that be an excuse or a crutch for why they can't achieve certain things. Like yeah. when you're an adult, think about how much you've changed and what you've done since you've become an adult. And, and a couple of those things I, I really want to talk to you about is, is all the businesses that you've started. I know a few of them, there's probably even more, um, like good, the good guy and, Platinum DJ services follows the game. There's, there's plenty and we'll get into them. But the one I, I actually want to talk, talk to you about f first and it, we've never really spoken about it in detail um, that much about the process. But I want to know like how, first of all, like Platinum DJ services before COVID, how, like at its peak, how many DJs did you have working for your, for, for your business? Oh, dude, we had 68 DJs right before 68 COVID DJs. Happened. 68 And they were, you were fully booked almost every weekend at parties all around Sydney, right? Yeah. I mean, coming into winter, it slows down. It slows but down. summer, bro, like I was I, – I remember bringing in people from Melbourne, from the south coast. There was like two instances of bringing people in the Gold yeah. Coast, like just desperate for DJs. Wow. And it got ridiculous, man. And I think the beautiful thing with that is like – 
you know, you look at like when we were younger, like if you go to a house party, bro, it was like an iPod dock. And a, <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. no lights or anything. No. Now the expectation, like 16th, 18th, 21st, yeah. whatever the party is or, or wedding, whatever, bro, you need a DJ. Mm. You need lights, lasers, flavoured smoke, yeah. photographer, party, like photo, photo booth. Like there's a whole freaking mm. package that's expected. Mm. And I think that's really obviously helped our business with, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, bookings well, and stuff. Well, how but. did that, like how was it born? Where did you get, because you were, you were already DJing before you started the DJ business, right? Uh, actually the opposite. I... I went to, when I was 14 or 13, I went to a party that there was a DJ and I'm like, and again, yeah. like you were like, what the heck? Yeah. There's a deep, like you don't even know what a deep, it was a mm. 21st, like mm. my neighbors. And he had this little laser and this little strobe <laughs> yeah. light, like looking back, it was so pathetic. These yeah, little yeah, yeah. like $20, like little, but I was like, what is that? Like the yeah. strobe light. I was like, wow. And the, the DJ ended up passing out. And um, so I stole it. And uh, <laughs> he, he never, he never asked for it back. Thank God that my business was built on lies. But um, I took it, man. And I started bringing it to parties my yeah. age. And everyone's like, mate. This is that 14? This is 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at, like, I was, I was taking it to parties. And I was getting invited to parties because of these lights. Just to DJ and, and or just to no, just, set up. No, just for the lights, man. And okay, I, ended up, yeah, I yeah. went to this, um, this, um, Garage sale and bought mm. these other like they were called traffic lights, these, mm. like these neon things. And I had this package. Like I said, like I didn't have many friends. I was yeah. getting invited to parties. Yeah. Sometimes they would say, "Can you come and bring them?" But like we don't actually want you in the house. But and I was like, <laughs> well, "Yeah, all right, I'll come and meet you guys." And got to the point where man, I just started like you know getting more and more lights and speakers mm. and like making a bit of a business out of this. And then my brother was having a sixteenth mm. birthday, and the DJ pulled out and he goes, "Oh, you've got decks. Can you DJ?" I'm like. Mm. Oh man. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't want to let you down. So I gave it a go and bro, I got like eight bookings from that night. Wow. Like, you know, I didn't What year like, was this about? Like I was probably in year nine or ten. Yeah, so, well, like, so yeah. like fifteen years 15, old, maybe. 16 years old. And then from there, is that kind of when you like when did you start thinking of as a as a business? Like this DJ, like full DJ services. Yeah, well, I got to the point where I was like, I was DJing and I started getting double booked. I'm like, I need to train someone else mm. up to be another me and then mm. triple me, quadruple me, and it just started just going from there, man. And like before, you know, I think it was like a year or two years, bro. We had like 30 mm. something DJs. Like we're doing all the F45s in Sydney, doing wow. all the, I had all these um contracts with all the wedding venues and it was just nuts, man. And like, how do you get these contracts? Because obviously we've talked about some of the other businesses that are more similar to mine, product based e-commerce focused businesses, but I just, like, I don't understand with someone who just fell into it at, at such a young age was able to Without seems, I don't know, that's what I want to find out. Without really trying, grow this mm. like massive DJ hire business in Sydney. Like, okay, you got one job and then you, you went to a party and you just got so many people that wanted to book you. But how did you start actively growing it? Like what was the process there and yeah. how did you find the, the DJs and find all the new work? Mm. That's what I, yeah. I guess like the, you got two parts to it. You got the first part that it does passively just grow itself in mm -hmm. the sense of when you do a job, you're not doing it two people at a party. There's always like 80, 100 people. Mm. You do a good job, which hopefully you do. Yeah. It's 80 or 100 people that are like getting married, having a birthday. So you yeah. know what I mean? So the work, they, the exposure is huge. Yeah. But there is that active part where like, you know, I was putting on a college shirt and running around the city, handing out brochures, flyers, yeah. all the hotels, all the businesses, yeah. like, you know, corporate functions, like whatever. So just trying to get the contracts with yeah. all the places so we could be the first um, yeah. point of hire. Because you killed it with like B2B stuff and like corporate events as well as personal yeah. like things, right? Oh, dude, we were doing like, we did this one, man, like, it got to the point where like, I think I was charging like, you know, 250 bucks or $300 mm -hmm. for a DJ package, which yeah. like, just cause the volume, we had to pump it up to like 500 bucks. Yeah. 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 Like, Dude, like 500 bucks. And you start working on volume with all these yeah. other people getting a clip off their ticket. Yeah. Got to a point, man, where like, I remember the, the Navy, they've got this base down at, um, down South. Yeah. Yeah. A couple, couple hours down yeah, South. Yeah. 
And, bro, it was like this $20,000 job. They wanted, like, DJs for these four days. They wanted lights and, like, yeah. 30 speakers or something that we had to, like, hire and import. Like, it was this massive thing. Yeah. And it, it got me realizing, like, oh, my gosh, like, not that it's about the money, but, like, there's so much, like, mm. there's so much money in this mm -hmm. business yeah. that's, like, and I was, like, bro. And then I kind of I have no idea what you asked me, but I just remember, yeah, <laughs> I no. just remember thinking, like, bro, this thing has, like, massive potential mm. to – I guess like make some serious cash yeah. and it's just a weekend thing. Yeah. And it's just, people just started like, it was, it, you never struggled to recruit more DJs. It was just like, nah, like as long as you train them up and like yeah, yeah. give them, you know, give them the discipline and yeah. the, the equipment, like give them a high quality package that they can provide to the yeah. client. Yeah. It just grows itself, man. Yeah. So we went from that high and that peak, like I'm sure you were buzzing every weekend booked. And then obviously COVID happens and essentially overnight your entire business yeah. is, is shut off. Yeah. What's what's going through your head at that point? Yeah, that 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 was pretty hard for me, man, because like I've you know, I've probably filled you like I've I've done mm. so many businesses from like the age of 10, bro. Like I was building um vending machines in my house full of cardboard and and, and going to the pantry and getting all the chips and chocolates <laughs> and selling it to my parents, you know? Like yeah, yeah. I had the most random, you know what I actually when I was younger? I built out of fiberglass an actual mm. vending machine. Mm. I took it to Cronulla Station yeah, yeah. and I sat in this on a 40-degree day. Yeah, tell me about this. I've heard this story once before. Oh, I wanted, dude. I wanted to know I about this. back, I'm like, you idiot. And I'm like, I don't know how I got away with it, but I built this. I'm like, I was just so money hungry. Right, this, like, like this, whoever's listening, this is one of the funniest and craziest business oh. stories I've ever heard of. Honestly, yeah. Tell, tell, like, tell, tell, tell the story again. It's so, oh, like so it funny. was just so. At the point, I had this. I had this. Um, me and my mate had this boat, and we mm. we just called it at the Big Blue Cafe, <laughs> and we're sailing around the Port Hacking where I live in the Shire, yeah, and selling chips, chocolates. Like mm. we didn't have any licenses or anything. But we were just mm. flogging ice creams and you know drinks and stuff <laughs> yeah. to all the people on the beaches. And bro, this was a weekend thing. And you're like, how old at this point? Maybe like sixteen mm, or so. Like, young, yeah, yeah. Right, and we were like sixteen, like pulling in like all this cash, 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 yeah. like just me and my mate, and we were like don't know how to save. We're like booking trip, um, trips to Bali and like taking <laughs> girlfriends and like, you know, uh, he bought a boat. I bought, like it was just crazy, mm. man. And we just got this rush of like business is fun. Working out for ourselves is fun. So I'm like, how can I do something in the week? Cause that was a weekend thing <laughs> yeah, as well yeah, as the yeah. DJing. So I'm like, I used to, when I used to catch the train to um, studying acting in the meantime in the mm. city, I would every morning, Every morning, go to the vending machine and spend eight dollars forty. Yeah, I would get a, a thing of coke and the pork um, crackling chips and yeah. go to the city. Yeah, I'm like these vending machines are taking like they're making so much money. I want to do that, so I built a vending machine out of um yeah fiberglass, bit of timber and stuff. Went to Bunnings, built this thing, brought it up on my skateboard into Cronulla Station. Yeah. You're probably thinking, how did the guards like not see this? How did the cameras not pick up? I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I didn't even think is this illegal. Sixteen years old, bro. I just took this thing in, put it on the um, edge of the station and. Mm. I'm not a sparky, so I didn't get it running with power. So I had this thing, this um, – I didn't say out of order. It said something else on the front saying yeah. use prong yeah. to get your food. So you put the money in which to, in which I'll, I would catch it inside. I was sitting in the vending machine. I'll catch the money, the cash, the coins, whatever, and I had all the chips and chocolate I bought from the IGA. I'd feed it through a thing and they get a prong and put the thing in to which I would see what they wanted on the inside. <laughs> but I think like – I don't know, I probably put in like 600 bucks or something by the end of the day. Got to the point – it was dark and I'm sweating. Like it, it was just happened to be one of those stupid hot yeah. days. I'm sweating bullets. These trains came in and all these um all these like Kiwi boys and stuff came mm. off the trains and they're like, Well, you you know, you want to get some chocolate? Like whatever, like whatever they were yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh sweet, more sales, bro. They came up and they were like, they pushed the prong in mm. and that then they go, Oh, don't get that. 
And they, as I'm bent, bending over to get the thing that they wanted, the stupid chocolates, <laughs> they shoved it in again and it went and cut. I've got a little scar here. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. cut my cheekbone. And I was like, ah, and I screamed. And they're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> it was like, there's a man in there. So they started kicking the thing and they push it over man. Yeah, and like, yeah. I didn't bolt it to the ground. I don't know what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I fell over onto a train park bench, crushed my neck. And bro, they literally took the chocolates, cash, everything, taking yeah, it all, yeah. pulled my legs out. All these train police came out of the train. They were on the end carriage, came out, looked, oh, get away. Had the torches in my face. What is going on? Like, blah, blah, blah. Right, took as much cash as I can, a pack of twisties, and ran. <laughs> ran. Oh. I got away with the whole thing. Yeah, dude. I, the first time I heard that story, still about the same <laughs> second time, I honestly can't believe it. it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. I made $18. <laughs> $18. From the 600 of you took in, you made $18. Oh, dude. Um, some of the other things that – that we've like obviously we we share a lot of com commonalities in businesses and mm. I know you have several other businesses like you said obviously COVID with with platinum would have been would have been a big one but like apart from that what what do you think would be your your most challenging day in business? Um, most challenging thing by far that would stand out to me is don't have your identity in business because mm. if you do and your business gets stripped away mm. you feel like no one you feel like you have nothing. And that was a challenge for me with COVID because my main, like at the time I had the good gun, which was importing and selling massage guns. Mm -hmm. I had the DJ services mm -hmm. and I think that was the main two at the time. And at that time with COVID, um, obviously you hit China first, which is mm -hmm. where we import our massage guns. Everything got shut down. Their country was shut down and we couldn't get any guns. At the same time, there was no dancing in Australia. So all my services on the weekends were closed. So all of a sudden I'm the businessman in Cronulla, like I'm doing this thing, I'm busy, like I like being busy doing my thing and now I'm doing nothing. I feel like a failure overnight and I, I'm lost, mm. you know, and I don't know if you know if anyone can relate to that but it's like it's scary, bro. And I was like it was, it was some dark times, man. I was like visiting Beth and she was living in Canberra at the time before we were married and I was just like, I was just crying, man. I'm like calling my pastor from church like, man, mm. I don't know who I am and it sounds so ridiculous but when you so – um, involved in your business and that's who you are, you got to be careful if that, if that gets stripped away from you. Like, yeah, man. And that's, it's, it, I feel like with social media and Instagram and, and everyone's like half the reason people do, do things is for clout. Like it's so easy for everyone to fall in that, in that pattern. But what, what did you do? Like, this is not even that long ago. How did you, cause even acting, no acting, I'm assuming like all the sets were shut down Everything for several, shut, several months. Down, like, what did you, how did you, like you identified you in that position mm. and what was it that, allowed you to kind of realize that, Hey, the success of my businesses is not my worth. I am mm. Brenton. And you know, that's more important than all these other business things that I do. How did you get to that point? Cause I feel like mm. a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. For me personally, I, um, again, just like upset with, with my, um, fiance at the time. Mm. And I was you know, just, just upset, man. And, um, she, she just, she looked at me and we'll say, I'm just, I still remember sitting in the lounge in Canberra and, and I'm like, I just feel so low. Mm. I don't even know what that means, but I just, that's how I feel low, mm. lost. And, um, she goes, she goes, can I pray for you? And I was mm. like, of course. And she just prayed for me that like a fire would ignite in my belly mm. and, and that Brenton would come back and mm. I get excited again. And from then on, man, that one prayer just stirred me and it stirred my faith and my, my self-worth and, um, it all, it all came back to me, bro. And, and from then I started like chipping away at like new businesses. I started mm. like, um, it, it's almost like my purpose came back and it mm. wasn't like, no, nah, you got to go find another business. It was like, no, 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 
you are Brenton, like you are mm. loved, you know, God loves you. My mm. wife loves me. Mm. Um, and, and don't, don't, um, have your value in your business. Mm. You're more than that. Well, that's the thing as well, right? Like you, you can't just forever sit in the problem in the, in the feeling low, like you have to. And, 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 and thankfully Beth was able to do that for you, give you that spark to realize that, Hey, I'm going to be proactive about this and I'm going to, you know, actively take steps to, to get back on track or to, you know, start working towards my goals again, because sitting in the problems, never the answer. Like you just got to, mm. okay, even if you're at the lowest point or things are problems at home or relationships or problems with business, you got to like identify and accept the facts. Like, okay, this is what it is. COVID happened. I have zero control over that. Mm. Okay. And then like, okay, that's the facts. Then realize, check in with yourself. Yep. That's how I'm feeling. And then just, okay, think about how I can, what I can actively do that's in my control. Mm. And then just one step at a time, set a plan and start working towards, um, working towards the life that you, that you see for yourself. Mm. Um, you're speaking about Beth. I, I wanted to, I think it's a really, it's a really beautiful story. How, how you met Beth. And, and I want you to tell them, but first, like, I feel like to tell that story properly, we have to go back to maybe where you were in your personal life a couple of years before that. And you were potentially at a, a bit of a low point before and, you mentioned your faith and, and we always have really interesting discussions about how I might not be religious, but I have my own spiritual values and how they are actually quite similar when you, when you boil them down to their, to their core values. And I just want to, yeah, just like where were you at in that point? And cause it's a really interesting story, how you, how you found that faith and then how it started to prove itself to you. And then you really, mm. you believe hundred percent, this is, this mm. is it. Yeah, man. Well, I think it was at this point where I was like, I was doing now I'm doing legitimate businesses. But back <laughs> yeah. in once upon a time, I was doing some just some yeah. bad businesses, man, where like it wasn't um like I'm not proud of it. You know, mm -hmm. you look back and you're like, you were just like so I was just like, I don't know why, man. I was just like there was just corruption and I was just unhappy. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I didn't have like a lot of friends at this point. Um and to be honest, I felt like my acting career was just going down the toilet. Mm -hmm. Like I did that, you know, six years of study, booked a couple of little jobs here mm -hmm. and there, but I was just like you know, I, I hated my family at this point. I blocked them off, off everything for two years. I, I ran away. I moved out. I had no money. Like I had, no, like I had nothing going for me. I, I felt in that point in my life, and mm. I remember, um, I, I had, um, I, I did a movie maybe like a year prior to this moment, and the director, um, the writer director, um, I, I bumped into at a cafe, and he goes. He goes, oh, and I was reading this spiritual book, and I'm mm. just, just searching, and he goes, oh, why don't you come down to church this Sunday? And mm. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get, try out yeah, your, yeah. Your, your cult, like whatever. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. Like, I just, I was like, oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. And that Saturday night he, he messaged me. He's like, oh, I'll pick you up in the morning. And yeah. it's like, oh, crap. So yeah. I went down, like left my wallet in the car. I'm yeah. like, oh, what's going on? Like I've heard, I've seen The Simpsons. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah, about yeah. church. And bro, I walked in and um, everyone was nice, like mm. good coffee. It was a beautiful place. But the thing that got me was I walked into the service, bro, and – I felt God's presence mm. in the room. Like they're all singing and, and, and mm. you know, I thought it's a bunch of old people singing joy yeah. to the world. No, <laughs> it was like young people singing, you know, yeah. it was like rock and bro, the, 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 I can't like, you know, unfeel what I felt. It was God's mm. presence in that room. I actually started to like tear mm. up. I'm like, what the heck? I don't know what I'm saying, singing what's going on, but I can feel something to which I, um, this moment that I'm about to tell you that I went, I went home and I'm like, experience this I don't know what that is because mm, you weren't um, religious growing up were you no nah, no nah, nah. yeah. like, you know, I was just Whatever. doing what I wanted mm. and um I, I was sitting on my balcony man I was just having a tea looking up at the stars I'm like what's what's out there mm. like what's there's got to be more to this I've had highs I've had lows I'm like there's got to be more to this man and I remember praying and thinking like I don't even know how to pray or what prayer is but praying I'm like god like I'm so unhappy now I'm like I'm on my, on my hands and knees on my balcony in the cold I'm like 
I just want some, I want something. I want, I want, and I don't know why this came to me, but I go, I want home and away. I want it. That was my, like, you know, you know, for years, yeah, I wanted to get on home and away, man. I feel like I had no um, you know, purpose in this acting industry. Mm. And I'm like, I want home and away. And, and I didn't have an acting agent at the time, nothing. Bro, four days later, I'm walking through the mall to pick up my fish and chips. I get a text from this woman and she goes, hi, Brenton, you've just landed the role on Home and Away. You start on Wednesday. I'm thinking, what? Yeah. Is this my neighbor listening to my prayers? <laughs> but I didn't audition for Home and Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're kidding. Replied, da, da, da. She's like, yeah, you start. It's all legit. Da, da. I'm like, I used, and now I'm like, is this God real? Mm. Is this, and bro, that's, I started praying for things. Things were, happening. all this stuff was stirring in my life. And it got to, I went hard into my faith, man. Yep. Like I was like, God, like if you know, show me all this stuff. Like he's revealing all this mm. crazy stuff, man. And then it got to the point where I'm like, I'm like, I felt like my business and everything was picking up. Like mm. I, I was more generous, more loving, mm. more selfless. I was bringing my family back into my life, forgiving. That was huge for mm. me, you know, learning to forgive and mm. mend. And I'm like, man, I'm ready for a relationship, bro. I get, mm. a, I get a DM from this this chick, and she goes, Hey, I saw you go to church. Um, I'm up. I'm from Canberra. I'm up for the grand final Raiders in Sydney. I'd love to come and check yeah. out your church. And I'm like, I don't usually re reply to my random re DMs. Yeah, yeah. The requests in you. Yeah. But she's like, oh, I want to come see church. I'm like, oh, of course. Yes. And, and, and she's like, had like 80 followers. And yeah. She looked like a, like, like a dodgy little profile. Yeah. It looked like a grandma, the little yeah. circle. It was account on private. You couldn't see it. Private. Couldn't see anything. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, sure. This is the address. And she goes, oh, could you want to meet like for a coffee beforehand? I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like little <laughs> grandma. Drive, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of cute. I'm me, the little girl. <laughs> Bro, I met for a coffee. Yeah. I walked into this cafe. I'm seeing there's like a, you know, a big sports, like a um, training group sitting there. There's like mm. a young hot girl. There's a couple there. And I'm thinking, all right, where's this, you know, Beth <laughs> Bethany, this old woman. And um, this this young, cute girl at the back goes, uh, Brenton. I was like, hi. She's like, I'm Beth. Yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> she still says, he's like, your jaw dropped. I'm yeah. like, no. When I was like, it's beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, are you Beth? She's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I thought you were a grandma. Yeah. And she was like, what? Right. The next day I said to my best man, I'm like, I'm going to marry that girl. Wow. We got engaged three months later, married nine months later, a kid Dude. six months later or nine months later, whatever. <sighs> Bro, it goes so quick. Dude, I love that story so much, man. I love that. And like, I know we've spoken about this a couple of times and when I compare it to like my views, I don't want to diminish anyone's faith or what anyone believes or say anything's whatever. But like, I, I love that if people – what, whichever way, like whatever they connect with and whatever they find their purpose in, I love it so much. Like you, like you might, okay, you have a beautiful relationship with Jesus or God where for me, I, I don't necessarily have that, but like I will truly to my core feel connected to the universe. And like I, I put out my thoughts, not in, in prayer, but over the last five years in particular, like I've been, you know, I've been really massive on visualization and I, and I really do believe in the law of attraction and like, okay, I've done the same thing. I've kind of, I've kind of looked back on my life and I've, I've been able to have a really good life of successful businesses, good relationships, friends. And then it got to a point, maybe this is a year, maybe, no, just as we're starting Happy Skin Co. And, and especially after the first six months of having that really fast start and that lot of success, it kind of made me realize the, the power of this for me. And like, I look back and like, I'd like, okay, I've heard of that. I read The Seeker, like everyone does, you know what I mean? Like, oh, sure. Anyway, I read it and then I actually didn't get it straight away. And I thought back in my life, Hey, I've actually led a pretty good life and I've, you know, achieved a lot of good things that maybe I didn't have to work as hard to achieve or, but I always believed that I would do well and good things would, would happen to me and, and they inevitably did. And then I look back on my life and throughout school, I wasn't always the hardest worker. Like I did get good results, like I said, but for me, what it was is like, 
I always just like visualize myself. Well, not, it wasn't visualizing back then. It was daydreaming. I always used to daydream about myself. I was in class or I was driving or I was training, running, whatever. And I'm visualizing myself doing well in this exam or, you know, going out with like the most beautiful girl or, you know, becoming a successful actor or starting a, a really cool business. And then like one by one, these things started to happen. And then I stepped back and I'd be like, whoa, what the fuck? And like me and my business partner, George, before we launched Happy Skin Co., we'd be working out the excitement of when you're working on a business the months before you launch. We'd, you know, do like four or five hours after work, working on the business and like we're just talking through and then we'd go across the road, we had a park across the road from his house and sit on the bench and we'd just say all these moments about, hey, when we make our first million or like this is going to be successful, we know it. we're going to work with this person, this person, this, whatever. And then like that period before we launched the business is when I really got deep into um, like trusting the world and the universe and, and, and this visualization with what I found and like the results when you can connect with your faith, whatever that is. And if you truly are into it and like it, it works for you, whatever that may be, I'm not saying whatever religion it is, or you don't have to visualize whatever I know visualization and law of attraction has worked for me. Um, but once I connected with that, bro, like the power of it, not only in like the physical things, okay, you prayed for this, it happened. I visualized it to happen, but like, you just feel so much more at peace. You know what I mean? Like you're not, you're not like worried about getting every little detail perfect because you trust the path you're on and you trust the process, whether it be for me believing in myself in the universe or you just knowing that you have a beautiful family and your faith and like you have Jesus in relation with God, like you having that for me anyway, I don't want to speak on behalf of you, but like you don't really care as much about all the fucking small details. Cause you know, Hey, I know my path. I know why I'm here on earth and I know what I'm going to achieve. And it's such a freeing feeling. Mm. I don't know if you, have you, can you like relate to that? Oh, or? Of course, man. Mm. Like even just before I came here, I told you I was at, mm. I was um, doing a shoot in the city yeah. and the photographer who was, he was just like really anxious today. And he's like, man, mm. like he loves like politics and worldly things and oh, stuff. And he's yeah. always, you know, blabbering on about this stuff, which I find really interesting. It's, a, it's interesting, but bro, if you get yeah. too into that, it can be a mind fuck. Oh, man. and I could just tell he's stressed. He's like, man, you know, it was judgment day, this world's bloody imploding. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. probably is, man. Like I said, look, to be honest, like I was reading, um, in the New Testament the other day, Jesus mm. was saying like, you know, mm. it comes a point where worlds will, um, country, nations will go against war and against mm. nations. Mm. They'll be flooding and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, I swear this is now. Yeah, like, okay, right. But it's like, it's, it's that piece of like, you know, like I know where I'm going after mm. this. Like I have this piece of like, I can't control a lot of this stuff, man. Like mm. it's, you know, this is taking care of itself. And um, like you said, man, you just got to trust that. And um, it's just peace that comes with that. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And like, it doesn't have to be like a faith or spirituality. Like I don't want to tell people what to do, or what to believe, but if you can find a, a, a bigger purpose other than yourself, like, mm. cause you're going to have highs and lows and you're always going to have problems. But if you can find a goal that is connects to your core and your heart and your purpose and your soul, and you can have that something bigger than you to connect to or, or, or fall back on or think about even just think about when the times are tough. I think that, that can really help a lot, man. Like, cause yeah. life, life, life isn't always easy. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I do have like, I kind of, I want to just not go through some fast questions with you, but I, there's a couple of things I just randomly want to ask and see your sure. perspective on. Um, the first, the first one is like, what is your relationship to mental health? Um, yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, when you're sitting on a plane, they say, um, take care of yourself, like put the mask on yourself before you put on your, mm. I think that's really in these times where there's so much noise and we're trying to be busy and all these things. Um, you really do have to prioritize, in my opinion, your own mental health mm -hmm. first, mm -hmm. because, um, 
you know, you want to be the best dad, the best friend, the best boss before you pour into others. So take yeah. care of yourself. So if you feel yourself, um, you know, burning out, so to speak, just rest, mm. just rest, bro. And I've learned that the hard way. So mm. big adv- advocate for that. I, I agree, man. It's like you really have to make sure you fill up your – like like exactly what you said, man. I agree with it completely. Like, And it's not a selfish thing because like if you really want to be able to do good and help people out long term, if you don't look after yourself and you don't prioritize um, your own self-care and your own mental health, not over other people's, but you need to build that solid foundation yeah. first and then it's going to allow you to, you know, go help. First of all, help the people around you. No, first mm-hmm. help I, – I really believe you need to be able to – be comfortable in yourself. And then once you've handled that, then you can help the people around you and be a good person like that. Be that uplifting spirit when people connect to you. I, I, I had a coffee with Brenton. I left feeling better than I was when I started. Affect mm. the people around you. And then it's like that part where we're both at where we're trying to figure out, okay, what's this big lasting impact that I can leave, not just on the people close to me, but potentially the world. And like, how can I leave my impact or make my mark on the world to like leave it a better place than when I come, mm-hmm. but if, if you're not okay within yourself, you need to go back and, and, and work on that first because you're not going to be any good to the people around you or, or the, or the wider community. If you're not secure or happy and you're looking after yourself first. Mm, huge man. And, um, another thing related to that, I want to know is like, just for people, like everyone has their own different tips and techniques. Do you have any daily practices or, you know, techniques that you've you know implemented into your life that helps you? manage your mental health and, and maybe like optimize your performance or how you feel. Mm-hmm. And bro, we've spoken this about this yeah. before morning routine. Yeah. You have to yeah. have to have a morning routine. Yeah. You have to have a morning routine. If you don't have a morning routine, you don't have a day. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't start your morning with intention and that's why we meet at the, we meet down, yeah. down at the five thirty club in the morning. It's like yeah. cafe in Cronulla. There's, they're all over Sydney. Quite like they're. Well, there's how many of them is there now? Bro, there was 52, but COVID didn't help. So I think <laughs> yeah. a few of them have, have backed off. But, you know, yeah. for me and my mates, we go down to the cafe. We start mm. our day with coffee, which is always mm. going to be good. Um, and then we read our Bible. Some people listen to a podcast. Some mm. people do some exercise, swim, whatever it mm. is. Start your day with something to settle your mind. Mm. Because for us at 5.30 in the morning, morning, that is the peaceful hour. You don't need to get back to anyone. You don't, mm. you don't need to do anything at that time, okay? Focus on yourself and set up, posh your heart and your mind for the day because mm-hmm. it gets crazy out there. Bro, if you don't start the day with intention, sometimes it can get to like it's 4.30 in the afternoon and you've been a passenger in the day and you haven't really had any purpose or effect on what you want to do and just realize, how is it fucking like 5 p.m. already? I've just, I've been running around like a headless goose. So it's like, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I was one of those ones trying to start the 5.30 club. I didn't quite follow, <laughs> didn't quite follow through, but I do, I've always had my own yeah. morning routine um, and it really works for me when I stop, when I, when I fall out of my good habits and routine with that very quickly that's when piece by piece it starts you know itching at the back of your mind you're not quite feeling yourself and you're not sure why and then you stop Mm. and you think wait a minute i haven't been you know setting the intention from the start of the day correctly and i think why why another why that's reason that's so good i've been reading this book recently i don't know if you've heard of it's called stolen focus johan hari um and essentially it's like such a good book i'm only like halfway through i started reading a couple days ago but particularly like in today's world there's so much information like there's mm-hmm. unlimited information, social, like Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, news, there's COVID, there's mosquito virus, there's all this shit going on. And it's like, how can you like this, our brains, like human evolution has like developed over, you know, so long, our brains can't just keep up and develop with the rate mm-hmm. of like technology. So it's like 
I find that in myself, and I'm not sure again if, if you can relate to this, but like you'd be I'd be trying to listen to like there's like five podcasts I listen to every week, and then I want to mm-hmm. keep up with the news and I want to check in with all these people and make sure, hey, I'm not missing out on what's happening. And then what happens after a while, and this is this is from the book, and, I, and it made so much sense to me. But it's like, okay, if you want to keep up with all this, and there's so much information feeling these like information highways, and it's right there, it's in our pockets, in our hands instantly. It's like you're sacrificing depth. Mm. If you can you have a little bit of all this information, you're not really going deep on any one thing, and you're not giving your brain and your mind and yourself the space to decompress and literally sit back and think about, even if it's subconsciously, think about what's been happen- happening to you and process that and like make links between like why you're feeling like this or get an idea when you're just sitting there doing nothing. We don't give ourselves t- enough time to do nothing. Like yeah. I'll be in the shower, put a podcast on. Like you just sometimes like consciously have to give myself time to just sit and like not listen to a podcast and not have to check my phone or whether I'm just sitting and meditating or I'm just reading and f- really focusing on that one thing. Mm. We are, yeah, it's a massive, massive game changer for me. I don't know. I don't know about you. I love that, man. The mm. sacrificing, would you say sacrificing depth? Depth, yeah. Dude, that's huge. Mm. Yeah, that, that really speaks oh, to me. That's a good book. Yeah. Um, another thing, because you've done you've done a lot. You've had a really cool life, exciting life anyway, um, from the outside looking in, and I've been involved in some parts of it. Um, but what's, what's like the achievement you're most proud of? Um, oh, dude, I'd probably say my family, man. That's a, I, I shouldn't say probably, I, I will, I'll say my mm. family, um, as much as I've had so much fun, um, in business, mm-hmm. family, man, because, you know, I was really, um, like really selfish growing up, like, especially with, especially through, through business. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you, you can easily fall into that, like me, 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 more, 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 but to have like a family and, and to put your family first, like to say no to, um, work. Cause I want to hang out with my son or like stuff like that. Like that's a huge achievement, especially when like. Bro, like people were speaking words of my life in school, like, oh, you know, you, you, you're gay, you're, you're never going to um, have a – like just all this stuff where you're like – you kind of subconsciously think like, oh, what's going to ha- – like am I going to have a family in the future? Am I going to achieve this or that? So like now be like – be, um, you know, have like have, have this beautiful son and my, my wife who just I adore so much. She's mm. the, the best thing in my life, man. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of, of those guys. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And yeah, like honestly, I haven't I haven't met Luke yet, but like just seeing really how you energetically have like developed over the last like two, three years, maybe four years, and like I'm like how you are around Beth and like as I can see from Instagram and how you are with Luca, it's such a beautiful thing. And I think that's like that's such a thing to be proud of as well. Like you can say, Oh, I've sold this many massage guns or I've filmed on this movie or home or whatever. But I think if if that's like yeah, I think that's a really good achievement to be proud of and like I'm the same with like, we do so many things. It's really easy to think me, me, me. And I want to achieve this, achieve this, achieve this. So it's mm. like, I'm still on that journey. Obviously I, I don't have a, I don't have a kid yet, but like, that'll be a big achievement. Like going from being s- not selfish as in like putting other people down, but like balancing, like we said, looking after yourself, but also being a good person for the people you're around. So mm. I love that, man. Um, yeah, yeah, something yeah. just remind you just said something that reminded me. I know you, you can relate to this, man. I remember last year we were selling the good gun and it was peaking, mm. had mm. all this influence, yeah. influencer marketing. I remember I was, I was, I had an argument with Beth and it was mm. one of those that you just like, oh, I think we're a bit stubborn and like, you know, you were right, wrong or whatever. Like I, I can't even remember what it was. It was probably dumb. We're having this argument, man. And at the same time, 
a major influencer shouted us out on the good gun. And I remember in in the matter of – Vonnie, my business partner, could confirm. Mm. But it was like – it was three days. Mm. We turned over over 100 grand a man. And I know it's not no, much. No, no. But That's but crazy. Bro, like in a couple no, of days, 100 yeah. grand. And, and my business partner, we were at my garage. Assuming she ran up to me. He's like, Are you, like, can you believe this? And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I want to call. I want to call my missus and, and say I'm sorry. Wow. And I was in that moment. I'm like, with this massive amount of like, you know, we always think, mm. oh, more money, more happiness, whatever. In this, it's like, bro, like, we're gonna get real. Like, you know, there's so many real things. Where, and you know what I mean? Mm. That just reminded me. I'm like, dude, what were you feeling in that space before you apologized? Like, was it guilt, shame? Oh, dude. Because again, I can't remember what it was. It was probably something. I, it it would have been something I did that was just dumb, and I didn't want to. And I was just like. When it a big exciting thing mm. that should have made me feel so, I was like, I don't care. Yeah, you, you know, respect to the business and my business yeah, yeah. partner. I just don't care, and I want to make things right with my yeah. wife. And I was like, wow, yeah. like what a what an interesting. Have Have you found your purpose yet? Yeah, man, and um, you know, I, I always bring it back to serve, man. Like, how mm. can I serve? How can I serve my friends, my family? Like, I give a lot of time to my mates. Mm. Obviously, my family first, but my mates, mm. uh, pff, like, I really, like, yeah. yeah. You just got to serve, bro. And the more the more um, selfish things you do, the more yeah, a bit of fun. But if there's no, it's not fulfilling. Mm. The more selfless things you do, if you can give, um, whether it's your time, your um, treasures, whatever that mm. may be, bro, that's where you fulfill. But it comes back in. to you, right? Like if you put yeah. good out and you look after people, dude, it might not happen tomorrow or next week or next month, but it's gonna start coming back to you in so many ways. So for sure, man. Yeah, and couple last couple of questions, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up for episode one. First one, I can't believe it. Um, but what what does your dream life look like? Like no, like you can do whatever you want. You don't have to. Mm. What is your dream life? Acting, man. Mm. In terms of career, acting, mm. like doing you know big movies where I can have a lot of fun playing characters, mm. meeting cool people. Um, yeah, like the parting or, or the fame or any of that. Like that doesn't interest me. But like being able to play characters in big movies that I can take my family to watch and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and then just have like a just a, a secure home with my family, like have a bunch of kids, like just, just real, I don't know if that sounds simple. It sounds simple in my, just, you know, simple yeah, family yeah. life with um really exciting career. Yeah. But I look at Chris Hemsworth, like yeah. I've, from what I, again, I don't know him, but from what oh, I, I thought you were really close with him. We had, we've yeah, met we a couple of times, but that. um, you were no, stunt double, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But bro, like it, from what it seems, like he does it, like he'll do two major movies every year yeah. and then he'll go and go away with his family. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, mm. oh, what a cool balance. I think that looks really yeah, fun. That's epic. And what, uh, last one, what's next? What's next is, oh, like, as you know, and um, no yeah. one else is going to know, but I've done a couple of, I uh, filmed a show last year yeah, and, yeah. Um, and a movie at the start of this year, which um, none of that's released yet. It's exciting. So. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, you got, you know, all this stuff's about to kick off, but like, you can't really talk about it yet. Like, yeah. you, you haven't really, you know, it's coming, but like, what's that? Is it like a feeling of anticipation or? It's just excitement, man. And, and I keep hearing from producers that things are getting pushed back and because yeah. they want to do it in the perfect timing. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah. I got to trust them. They're the professionals. But I'm like, I just get so excited. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, man, that that's next for, for me and um and, and definitely um, Followers the Game, which is mm. I've told you all about. It's the yeah. board game that we created, me and my mate Ori created mm. in the midst of COVID. Literally a board game um, about 
influencers. <laughs> yeah. We've got Karen, we've got Mummy Blogger, we've got vegan activists, bodybuilder, yeah. all the all the Instagram, all the influencers are there and you've got to get a million followers. So that's going to be really fun. We'll, we'll, we'll be releasing that really, really soon. Yeah, so. I can't wait. Honestly, have, Joe, have you seen that? Have you seen some of the stuff? I can't wait. It's, really it's going to be cool. such a good – Is it when's it going to launch? Like, um, Yeah, it's getting shipped at the end of next month. So mm. um, – I don't know when this is being released, but really soon, yeah, man. Yeah, next few weeks. And especially because the, the reason why that really impacted me and my mates because in code you could obviously have small gatherings. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but we were playing so much board mm. games. It was all inside. The mm. restaurants and everything wasn't open. But we were gathering, man. And it was like sometimes you're like, oh, I'm going to go out, have some drinks, some mad foods, spend a heap of money. It's like bro, I had some of the best times indoors. You get a bottle of wine, yeah, yeah, make yeah. some nachos and play a board game. Everyone's laughing, having fun, and it brings people together off the phone and on Bro, the board. 100%. <laughs> like bringing it back a little bit like far out. Those times, like I think even though how like whatever it was, what it was, what it was, like I think if you can, you know, step back and have a look at it, COVID really showed us some really nice things about human nature. And like mm. that's one thing, like just like being grateful for like hanging out with your friends and not doing anything. Like you couldn't like said go partying or get drunk or mm. travel overseas, but just finding the joy in like the simplest things. And I remember I, I was living here alone in – uh, in my place and like I, I was fine like I was still busy with work so I'd be like working from like 8am to 10pm like Monday to Friday and then like you wouldn't really see anyone um I'd go into the office maybe see someone every now and then but hardly and then like I'd hang out with a friend on Friday Saturday night and just like that one-on-one -on -one interaction hanging out with someone like you look forward to that so much man mm. it was such a beautiful thing to realize like you can find you don't need a lot to find joy mm. you know what I mean if you have that perspective so yeah yeah. It's like COVID just stripped it all back and showed yeah. us what was real yeah. the whole time. Exactly. All right. Well, Brenton Parks, thank you so much, bro. You're like, again, taking your time out of your day to come. I've told you about this many, many months ago and straight away you said 100% you'd do it. So thank you, bro. Um, we're definitely going to have you back on when we're, when we're a massive potty. So <laughs> can't wait. All right. Thanks, bro. Thank you. All right, there we go. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, could you please do me a quick favor and hit the follow or subscribe button? I honestly appreciate it more than you know. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.